With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, What a beautiful morning out here in sunny Los Angeles. Good morning. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Woo! Good to be back on the air. Took last weekend off. And, um, you know, I like to get in a trip before the football season to uh, recharge the old batteries. Kind of unplug for a few days. So we popped down to Mexico. Because as you guys know, I got a wife and kids. Two little kids. And when you get to this kind of status in your life where... The entire football season is consuming your life. Whether, you know, I'm doing digital stuff for Fox Sports. I got the TV show five days a week. I'm here on the radio. And then on on the weekends, you're watching college football. You're consuming the NFL. You need to get away, do some reading. Uh, But I'm back. It's great to be back. I saw your nice messages there on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, the haters as well. The haters still send messages, even though they're angry at you. Um I want to start. I mean, listen, we got a lot of stuff to cover. There is going to be a LeBron James segment. I know it's August and the NBA is on the back burner. There is one LeBron segment. I think I promised you guys one LeBron segment every show regardless because this show is on out in, in L.A. And I know the L.A. fans need their LeBron treatment. So we'll get to that later. A lot of Patriots stuff. Big NFL injury last night. Super Bowl champion Eagles, I think there's some cause for concern. I'll get into that. But I have to start with what I think is probably the best quarterback controversy in the NFL. And that's because it focuses on my team, the New York Jets. I mean, listen, it's been a few years since the Jets have been relevant at all. I mean, you guys have probably forgotten 
what life was like when the Jets were going to two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez. You know, it's been a while. A lot has happened in the league, and now the Jets have an actual good quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, who's very solid, gets the job done. We know he uh, played with the Vikings, led them to the playoffs earlier in his career before the ghastly injury. The problem is, the future is here, and his name is Sam Darnold, former USC star. And I'll never forget, I came on this show last fall. Sam Darnold had a Friday night game against Washington State. They had to go on the road, and Sam Darnold did not have a good outing. He was seeing ghosts in the pocket under duress all night. The the USC offensive line was broken down badly. Darnold took a beating, threw a few picks, and the Trojans lost. And everybody lost their mind because the knee-jerk society we live in. Oh, Sam Darnold, he cannot come out. He just threw three picks against Washington State. How could he come out of? He cannot play in the NFL. This guy's only 20. No way. And I tried to tell you that I came on, you know, less than 12 hours after it happened. And I tried to tell you guys, listen, interceptions are part of the learning process. The innate ability is there. The talent is there. Sam Darnold's going to be a starter in the NFL next year. He's got to come out. And I got a lot of pushback. Sam Darnold came out. I thank the Cleveland Browns for passing on him. And now Darnold's put him in, himself in position to win the starting job at 21. And I know that sounds foreign because the other guys in the top 15, Josh Allen in Buffalo, doesn't look like he's going to start despite the big injury last night to A.J. McCarron, Well, we'll get to soon. Josh Rosen is going to the Arizona Cardinals. He's not going to win the job unless Sam Bradford gets hurt. And, and Rosen has looked good in practice. Baker Mayfield is not going to be the starter in Cleveland. That's going to be Tarod. Did I say that right, Ryan? Tarod Taylor. I know there was some controversy online this week about how to pronounce Tyrod Taylor's name. But when you look at Sam Darnold, he is the one guy in the top 15 who's going to start. Now, he's only 21. He's the youngest of that crew. Darnold just turned 21 this summer. So everybody's saying, what's the rush to start Darnold? Why don't you just wait? And folks, I'm going to tell you, do you remember when Carson Wentz was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles? Eagles, much like the Jets, traded up to get their guy. Eagles got Wentz. He's a kid out of North Dakota State. He looked like a bit of a project. I mean, the guy's a redhead, you know, a redhead out of North Dakota State. I mean, there was a lot of skepticism, myself included, but many others about Carson Wentz. And the Eagles said, we're going to draft him, sit Carson Wentz for an entire year. I mean, we got Sam Bradford. We're going to go pick up Chase Daniel to be the backup. So Carson Wentz was drafted to be a guy who holds a clipboard and clipboard and learns about the NFL for a year. What happened? There was an injury to the Vikings quarterback who just happened to be Teddy Bridgewater at the time. The Vikings were desperate to get back to the playoffs because they were just there. And they traded with the Eagles for Sam Bradford. Now, they gave up a one and a four. They were a little desperate. Carson Wentz started week one. I'm telling you guys, I know there is this caution. You've got to bring along guys slowly. What's the rush? These quarterbacks now have been playing in seven on seven in high school. They've been playing so much quarterback, reading defenses. 
the the transition is less than it used to be. 20 years ago, the NFL was an under-center product. Okay, not everybody was out of the shotgun. Heck, 10 years ago, it was heavy under-center, a lot of eye formation. The NFL's changed so much, and you know what the NFL looks like now. It looks like seven-on-seven. It looks like a lot of the spread techniques in college football. That's what's happening. The league has changed to adapt to the pl- to this style of play that's been successful and has helped the quarterbacks transition much easier. So I'm telling you, Carson Wentz had a seamless transition. Do you not forget he started opening night, they go 3-0. and Right out of the gate. Whoa! Carson Wentz, this guy can play. Now Wentz hit the... Hit the hit a rough patch as all rookie quarterbacks do. If you find me a rookie quarterback who didn't hit a rough patch, you know, other than Russell Wilson, really in Seattle, who by the way was barely throwing for 200 yards in, in half the games. They had Marshawn Lynch in a defense. Okay, he kind of game managed the first year. Russell Wilson, we know he's a great quarterback now, but every rookie quarterback hits a rough patch. Wentz hit one. He ended up with 16 TDs, 14 picks, and I think they went eight and eight, seven and nine, somewhere around there. Well, guess what happened in year two? Carson Wentz made the leap. He was the MVP of the league through 13 weeks. Suffers the injury. I was actually at the game for that, that Rams-Eagles game. It was brutal. Nobody knew in the stadium Wentz had had tore up his knee because I think it was on a play where he dove into the end zone. And I'm sitting there, you know, 15 rows up or whatever, and Wentz walks gingerly to the locker room. People around me thought, oh, it's just a bathroom break. He'll be fine. Um, never return to the game, never return to the season. But the point is, these quarterbacks are much more ready than the fans are led to believe. Now, I've been gassing up Darnold on this show for the last few weeks. Folks, he has slayed practice. The Jets coaches did not think Darnold could come in and do this. Back earlier when they drafted him, I was of the belief, okay, no pressure, start Bridgewater, and then the stuff coming out of practice is... Sam Darnold is lighting up the Jets secondary. He's putting the ball in tiny windows. Go listen to what Josh Norman said after a joint practice or th- joint practice or three with the Redskins. Josh Norman, Pro Bowl cornerback, very impressed by Sam Darnold. I'm telling you, there should be no debate here. Even the Jets fans say, listen, man, they're getting Jets fans are getting smarter. It's taken a while. I'm trying to educate them. But when you look at Bridgewater, do you guys know when someone comes out of college basketball, right? They're a freshman. And there's only one year of tape on him. Oh, he's good. I've seen some flashes. We don't know, but we'll take a chance on him. Those guys who stay three, four years, there's tons of tape on them. I don't believe you need to play Bridgewater to showcase him in the first few weeks. I think he showed enough in the preseason that somebody, now I don't think the Buffalo Bills would be interested in Bridgewater. They still have Nathan Peterman, uh, the five-interception king from that Chargers game last year. And they just drafted Josh Allen. Now, I don't think Allen's ready. Allen wasn't going to be the starter. I, I suppose he could beat out Peterman, but I think they'll go Peterman. They open, I believe, in Baltimore. And again, they're going to lose. And we're going to talk week one lines later. But Buffalo is going to be a bad team this year. I don't think they trade for Bridgewater because they're not close to the playoffs. When Minnesota did that deal with Sam Bradford, Minnesota had just gone to the playoffs. Okay. They, I believe they had lost to Seattle. A kicker missed, shanked a field goal there at the end. But this Minnesota team was on the rise. So the Jets, to deal Bridgewater, need to find an NFL team on the rise 
who loses their quarterback early, either in preseason or regular season. Now, I'm not wishing an injury on anybody, but for the Jets, yeah, they would love to flip Bridgewater and get back some of those picks that they lost. Now, I'm going to wrap this up with, with, with something that's concrete that you don't even need to come at me with. No, 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 Teddy Bridgewater, Jason. The Jets open the season against Detroit, then Miami, and then Cleveland. By most metrics, those are three bottom 10 passing defenses in the league. I mean, I don't know if you guys have followed the Detroit Lions at all, but, you know, because of the sh- this show, TV, fantasy football, I- I've been devouring football for the last few weeks. You're going to be shocked to hear who the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator is. A guy by the name of Paul Pascaloni. You remember him, right? Syracuse coach. Guy's 68 years old. He hasn't been a defensive coordinator in a decade. That's who the Lions have. Now, Matt Patricia, their head coach, is obviously a smart defensive mind. But, dude, are you kidding me? That secondary has one guy. Big play slay. There's one guy on the pass rush. The Lions are not very good. Sam Darnold could go in there, keep the Jets competitive. Miami in week two, they got a good cornerback in Howard. He's a good young corner. And they got a pass rusher in Cameron Wake. That defense is nothing special. And then, of course, Cleveland in week three. Now, I know Miles Garrett just took the head off. I guess took the shoulder off A.J. McCarron last night. And listen, Miles Garrett's very good, but that secondary may start the kid Ward, their first-round pick out of Ohio State. They're probably going to start Jabril Peppers at safety. He's you know, he's a second-year guy, looked lost at times. You telling me that Sam Darnold can't open those three games and feel confident? Because I'll tell you what the alternative is. The alternative for the Jets is, oh, let's ease in Bridgewater and uh, we'll, we'll work in Darnold later. Well, you know what's later. Buffalo in December. I know the Bills stink, but you're putting California kid, you're putting surfer dude Sam Darnold for his first career start in December when the season doesn't matter and it's eight degrees in Buffalo? No, thank you. No, thanks. They also play at New England, uh, I believe, on New Year's Eve or uh, Christmas Eve, one of those days. It's going to be like 14 degrees there. Sam Darnold's a California kid who will have not played all season and you want to start him in December? I don't think so. The move for the Jets is concrete. Start Sam Darnold. Week one. All right, we got a great show. I will not be only pumping up the Jets. Don't worry about it. Uh, but this is a big story. It, it, the Jets are relevant again. They got an elite quarterback. I think they're going to surprise some people this year. They were a five-win team last year when they were projected to win like three or four. And the defense is sneaky good. They're going to stay in some games. I'm not going to bore you with the names of all the receivers. They're underrated receiving core. But coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I don't think we're going to see a rematch of Patriots-Eagles in the Super Bowl. And that's because one of the teams has a brutal road back. I don't think you're prepared to hear who that is. We'll tell you who it is next. I thought that was the Chainsmokers. No? Gosh, I'm so bad at this, Sam. Andy Grammer. I think I have an Andy Grammer song on my phone. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Got my man Todd Furman coming up in 10 minutes. NFL gambling. I spent about an hour last night digging into the week one lines. I've already got six games I like. Already. I mean, preseason's not over. Um, Real quick, Sam, 
Andy Grammer. I do have one song by him on my uh, iTunes. Keep your head up. You know that one? Um, I don't know if I do. Yeah, I'm just getting into it, him, but I like he's a he's, he's country. The date pop. on it is 2011. Okay, Yikes. yeah, he's been around for a hot minute, but yeah, maybe Get look into that it. up and we'll work it in uh, later in the show. Yeah, I don't know. sometime. Good to be back here, Sam. It is really nice to be back. What is that shirt you're wearing, by the way? Uh, it's a Soundgarden shirt. Soundgarden. Yeah. You are such a music yeah, throwing man. Throwing it back. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. How was Mexico? Mexico was good. Uh, I did pick up uh, an unwanted party favor that I had to go to the doctor about uh, this week. Yeah, I, I did, not quite Montezuma's Revenge, um, but let's just say uh, your boy's tummy was not in good shape for a couple of days. No, it wasn't awful. I don't want to gross anybody out on a Saturday. Listen. The first question the doc asked me, so did you eat a lot of seafood? I was like, every night? Come on, I'm in Mexico. I mean, we're right on the water. This is great. What am I, order steak in Mexico? Come on. So I guess too much seafood could be a bad thing, but I did it all. Octopus, shrimp, red snapper, you know, lobster, yeah. you name it. It made you stronger. Uh, all this. I guess. You've, en- you've endured. I you're guess. Fine. I'll yeah. take it. Um, yeah, you're fine. Uh, speaking of making people stronger. You know, the Patriots don't have as good of a roster as the Eagles. They have a better quarterback. They have a better coach. But the Eagles are better almost everywhere else than the Patriots. But I'm here to tell you that the Eagles' road back to the Super Bowl is much tougher. It's not even close than the Patriots. and, And this is not a knock on the Eagles. I had some guys, some jabronis jumping into my IG saying, Dude, why do you hate Philly? You hate the... No, I'm a realist. I like to stick to facts. You want some facts? These are the quarterbacks in the AFC East. Nathan Peterman with uh, A.J. McCarron hurt. Sam Darnold, rookie, zero starts. Ryan Tannehill coming off an injury, zero playoff appearances. Guys, come on. That divi- that's 6-0 right there for the Patriots. And I was arguing with Rob Parker. He hosts a weekend show here. With Chris Boussard. I was arguing with Rob Parker on Undisputed yesterday morning. I'm like, are, are, have you looked at the NFC? Like, just take a glance. You don't even have to do a deep dive. Look at the NFC. These are the teams that are really good and going to challenge the Eagles. Okay? Aaron Rodgers. Best quarterback in the league. Most talented, sorry. Most talented quarterback in the league. Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings got better at quarterback and brought back everyone else. The, I would say the best roster in the NFL is between the Vikings and Eagles. And I don't think many people would disagree. Carolina Panthers are a playoff team. New Orleans Saints are a playoff team and were a freak play away from being in the NFC Championship game. The Atlanta Falcons are my pick to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. They're stacked. And the L.A. Rams had more talent acquisitions in the offseason than anybody else. I did not even mention Jimmy G and the 49ers, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. You can never count out Russell Wilson. I don't care how bad that secondary is depleted. You can't count Russell Wilson out. I did not count a team that's sneaky good. Keep an eye on them, the Chicago Bears. I'm telling you, folks, just keep an eye on the Bears. And I didn't mention the Dallas Cowboys. So I left out good teams. The NFC's stacked. Hell, hell, I didn't mention the New York Giants. Vegas loves the Giants this year. Three wins last year. Everybody loves them over. Saquon, Odell, Sterling Shepard, 
Evan Ingram, they're going to put up points. I know Eli's not very good, and the defense has a lot of questions, and the offensive line is shaky. They're going to score on some people. It's funny. Everybody remembers, oh, they won three year, three games a year ago. They stink. They stink. And the year before that, they went to the playoffs. I'm just, NFC's loaded. The AFC's a joke. If you look, if you want to toss gambling into the mix, the third highest over-under in the AFC. You won't even guess it. Sam, I'll give you one guess. The num- highest over-under is the... New England Patriots. Second in the AFC is the Steelers. Over under win total. Guess who the third is? And I'll even give you a hint. It's not Jacksonville. Because <laughs> I saw him lean toward the microphone thinking it was Jacksonville. It's not Jacksonville. I'm stumped. LA Chargers. Nine and a half. That's the third best team in the AFC. They didn't I make totally the playoffs last that. year. They're huh? stacked. They're loaded. I love them. Later in the show, folks, I'm going to say who's the best team in LA. Chargers or Rams. That's going to be fun because... At first glance, oh, it's the Rams. They got girly. They went to the playoffs. Uh, not so fast, my friend. But uh, that's why the Patriots have a much easier road. Much easier back to the Super Bowl. I don't love the Patriots this year. Yes, Brady's 41. Yes, they the, the defense is a joke. Offensive line, they now lost a rookie for the year. They, Nate Solder, their, uh, their tackle forever. Protecting Tom Brady, he's gone. The AFC just doesn't have the horses. I mean, two of the playoff teams last year, right? Buffalo, which, you know, we, we Buffalo, I mean, they were bad. Tyrod Taylor just game managed them to the playoffs. And Kansas City, which lost Alex Smith, two playoff teams last year lost their quarterback. I'm going to tell you in 20 minutes why you should steer clear of the Tennessee Titans. I've got some information uh, that you're going to want to hear. Okay, they're another playoff team. We don't know what Andrew Luck's return is going to be. I'm bullish on Luck. We'll see. Deshaun Watson, we don't know. His second ACL. How's he going to be coming back? I like him, but we'll see. Baltimore Ravens are sneaky good. But we're talking Patriots, Steelers, Chargers, and then, oh, Nelly. There is a big gap. So I'm just saying, Eagles fans, don't come after me. Don't call in. Don't try to get on the show here. You got a tough road back. It is not going to be easy. And just if you you know if you really want to get nervous, they open against the Falcons. The Falcons almost beat the Eagles in the NFC playoffs. They stalled on the two yard line. Julio Jones couldn't haul in a pass. Or guess what? You know we're coming into the season with oh gee, well Nick Foles is no superstar. It's just funny how things work out. They open against Atlanta. The Eagles will have a layup win against uh, Jameis Winston. But eventually, you know, after the first four weeks, it gets a little tougher. They've got to face Minnesota. They got to face Odell Beckham. They got to face Cam Newton, Jacksonville, and that's in London. That is a, the, the travel is not favorable. Three of their final four games in the regular season on the road. I, I just don't think it's an easy schedule. They got to go to Drew Brees and the Saints. Uh, it all hinges on Carson Wentz and how he's doing. Eagles are a playoff team, no doubt. I just don't know if they're if if they're going to be able to get back to the Super Bowl. The Patriots, and I don't love them, but they have a much easier road. All right, coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. I know you love gambling. It's legal now. You guys saw me that I was in Vegas this week signing up for the Super Contest. 
A lot of excitement around gambling. We're going to talk about it next with Todd Furman, former odds maker at Caesars. He hosts a podcast you probably should want to check out. That's next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest report. Morning, Jason. The Buffalo News reports that Bills quarterback A.J. McCarron suffered a hairline fracture to his right collarbone in Friday's preseason game against Cleveland. First-round pick Josh Allen replaced McCarron and completed 9 of 13 for 60 yards with a touchdown pass on three series. Davis Webb, 14 of 20 for 140 with a touchdown pass and the Giants win over the Lions. Christian McCaffrey, 120 yards from scrimmage in one half of work, including a 71-yard touchdown run in the Panthers' win over the Dolphins. Baseball Friday night, the A's and Astros were tied at three when Oakland's Matt Olson led off the bottom of the 10th on KGMZ. Here's a 3-2, swung on, fly ball to right. He did it. Back is Reddick. He's at the wall. Out it goes for Matt Olson. He walks off the Astros, and the A's are one game back in the American League West. In Seattle, Manny Machado of the Dodgers helped maul the Mariners. 3-0. And Machado with a drive. Well hit to left center field. It's on its way, and that one is gone. Second home run of the night for Machado. A two-run shot. And the Dodgers now leading it 9-1. to one. Charlie Snyder the call at AM570 LA Sports as the Dodgers hit five home runs in their 11-1 to one victory. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest, um, I've known him for a while. We've talked gambling for a long time. He lives in Vegas, so he breathes this stuff. And uh, we thank him for joining us so early on a Saturday morning. Todd Furman, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Jason. There's no such thing as early in this business, though, living on the West Coast, as you know all too well, especially when you're a Premier League fan. And this is more or less sleeping in, should this be two weeks from now on a college football Saturday. Wait a sec. Todd, Todd, you're gambling on the Premier League? You know what? I don't bet nearly as much in the Premier League as I used to just because I don't have the time to commit to it and every other competition that interferes with. But I'll bet anything I possibly can where there's an edge. Uh, don't, but like I said, football and NASCAR are usually my bread and butter. Wow. So what about uh, NFL? Are you totally digging in or are you on the side over here looking at baseball scores and being like, oh, there's a number I need to play? You know what? Always keeping tabs on everything going on. So baseball really goes on the back burner for me after the All-Star break. It allows me to fully commit all of my undivided attention to getting my NFL and college football numbers up to speed. It becomes a process, as you know all too well. You start back in April, and until they start playing games for real, you're working to fine-tune. But preseason offers ample opportunities for value, uh, and naturally you're always focused on week one, trying to figure out what you've seen, at least through two preseason games, to try and anticipate where the market's going before it ultimately gets there. Yes. See, this is the stuff I love, folks. Okay, so last night, Todd, I I don't know if you were actually watching. A.J. McCarron got destroyed by Miles Garrett. Um, and he's going to be out for a while. A.J. McCarron was going to be the starter for the Bills, probably. Uh, they're now settling on Nathan Peterman um, or the rookie Josh Allen. So I go on on the uh, on the lines last night and check them out, and it looks like Buffalo, week one, is somewhere between a six, six-and-a-half, seven-point dog on the road against Baltimore. Now, I kind of like Baltimore this season. They got a lot to prove. They missed the playoffs on like a fluke play in the final week of the season. Do you remember that uh, against the, uh, I think, the Bengals? 
Yep, and you look at Baltimore. This is a team that professional betters have actually gravitated towards this offseason. Looking to go over eight on their win total. Joe Flacco finally has somebody breathing down his neck for the starting job there. Uh, you look at Alex Collins, going to be the number one back out of camp. And the one thing we know about the Ravens is you got to bring your lunch pail when you're going head-to-head with that defense. And you mentioned Buffalo. This number actually opened three and a half earlier in the spring, and it's ballooned out to six, six and a half, seven, like you mentioned. Would not be surprised to see a blow through seven if Peterman has announced the starting quarterback. Also keep in mind with Buffalo, their win total when it opened up was seven and a half. It's already ticked down to five and a half. You just have to wonder if pro bettors that are running over men, women, and children at that (laughs) Buffalo under are going to be destined to endure the same fate we saw a season ago when they bet the Jets' win total from five and a half down to three and a half. But Well, the, the, the deal here with week one, though, I know you lo- I love a good underdog. We all do. I, I, people are going to say, oh, wait a minute. Why are the Ravens favored? They stink. But but people haven't looked like this was a good team last year. They had a, I think they had more injuries than me- almost any team in the league. I don't know if they were number one, but they were certainly up there. And and I look at this game and I'm like, this has to be Ravens or pass for me. And I, and I like underdogs because I'll tell you a couple other games I've been looking at. But when you're looking at this, you uh, you can't play Buffalo, can you? This, it's going to be tough to try and play Buffalo. You mentioned the quarterback uncertainty. We have no idea what LaShawn McCoy is going to deal with, uh, given his off-the-field actions. You look at this receiving core, no bona fide number one. Uh, Buffalo team, despite making the playoffs last year, professional betters went against it. felt like every week yeah. or as often as they could. This is a team uh, under Coach McDermott poised to regress. The only thing Buffalo has working in their favor is they play in a division where, aside from the Patriots, we're not sure who the second-best team is. So having four games against the Dolphins and Jets may ultimately bolster their record a little bit. All right, we're talking with Todd Furman, former odds maker at Caesars, co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast. You should check that out. So let me just toss out a couple other Week 1 games, Todd, that I, 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 I kind of circled here on my calendar. I don't love the Denver Broncos at all. Uh, I don't like their coach. You know, uh, I, I'm iffy on Case Keenum. But the Denver Broncos, you know, they, they always, in the first few weeks of the season, kill it at home, right, because of the situation with the altitude. And, and for some reason, I'm kind of gravitating toward Denver, which I know this is going to surprise people who are just, you know, Seattle is a dog going into Denver, but it's only two and a half. What, how, how come it's not three? You are a wise, wise man. When you talk about the uh, trials and tribulations opposing teams will face going into Denver early in the season when conditioning isn't anywhere where it needs to be, dealing not only with altitude but the early season heat that we've grown accustomed to in Denver. And typically they put together a great record uh, when you look at their September home games. You mentioned this number sitting in that kind of dead area under a field goal with Denver installed as short favorites. I think it's a question that people have regarding the Denver Broncos. You hit on a couple of key things that you're going to need to watch early on in the season. How does this team respond to Vance Joseph? Is he the first head coach fired like the betting odds suggest right now? (laughs) What will Case Keenum look like as a starting quarterback? From what I've seen and been told, starting to develop a little bit of rapport and chemistry with Cortland Sutton. But last year, this defense really cratered. They went through a franchise-long losing streak, and while a lot of that had to do with playing from behind, they weren't able to pin their ears back and get to opposing quarterbacks. I think Seattle's a team, when you look at their win total at eight, it's going to be very rough for the Seahawks to compete week in, week out. Uh, and despite having the quarterback advantage in this spot, don't be surprised if Denver ultimately closes a three-point favorite. Oh, well, that's kind of what I like to hear. All right, so, so not bad there. Now, this is one that uh, kind of jumps out. Jacksonville, the Darlings. It's funny, Todd, I'm like not allowed to talk about Jacksonville on TV, radio, none of that, because nobody cares about Jacksonville unless Jalen Ramsey pops off. They are favored 
by three on the road against the New York Giants, a team that, uh, you know, I've been watching the win totals, and I, I think the pro gamblers, or maybe it's the public, I don't know, the Giants are darlings of the gambling world right now. I actually think there's some maybe some value, whether it's Eli Manning thinking about the Jalen Ramsey stuff, Saquon Barkley, assuming he's healthy, could feast on a Jacksonville run D that's kind of overrated. I think there's value in the Giants plus three. Well, you mentioned the Giants, and they, they've been more the media darlings uh, okay. than they have been from professional bettors. When you talk about their future odds opening upwards of 70-1 to 1 out here in the desert, and that price coming down to 20-1, to 1, uh, this, this number opened Jacksonville 3.5. It's trended towards 3. But the one thing, you mentioned Jacksonville, and I think that they're poised to have a step back this year when you talk about going from the role of being the hunter to the hunted. Some quarterback uncertainty. I'm not signing off on Bortles just yet because he put together one good season. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey, so and calling out Eli Manning, you know they're going to be fully engaged. The problem I have in making a case for the Giants as a live underdog, this offensive line is going to be tested right out of the gates against Jacksonville. There may not be a better defensive line than the Giants will face all season. And until I see their ability to keep Eli upright, even with a healthy Saquon Barkley, I don't want no part of Big Blue. The interesting thing with the Giants, despite being media darlings, their first seven games, absolutely daunting, and there's a chance that they won't be favored until week eight or later. Ooh, and, and if you remember last year, week one, what Jacksonville did to, uh, I believe, the Houston Texans. <laughs> I think they knocked three guys in a concussion <laughs> protocol. They had like 17 sacks. It was a, it was a mauling. All right, uh, we're talking with Todd Furman here. All right, Todd, let me fire one more. And, and again, this is another team I don't like at all. But it's a number, it's a perception thing. The Miami Dolphins, two-point home dogs in week one against the Tennessee Titans. Now, I look at the Titans, I think there's some fool's gold there. Um, I don't know, am I crazy liking maybe the Miami Dolphins here as a home dog in week one? I don't think you're crazy at all. When you try and figure out what the Titans are going to bring to the table under first-year head coach Mike Vrabel, I do love what they did at the offensive coordinator spot, bringing over Matt LaFleur from the Rams to try and work with Marcus Mariota. We saw the miracles he did with Matt Ryan a couple seasons ago. Miami's one of those teams that's going to be an interesting watch because they – and Dominican Sue gets cut, so you wonder defensive line, what that composition of that group is going to look like. Adam Gase has done nothing but sung the praises of Ryan Tannehill. You bring in Frank Gore, who feels like he's got more tread on the tire after 25 years or 30 years in the league uh, at this point, opposite Kenyon Drake. And while everyone wants to talk about the absence of Jarvis Landry, I actually think this receiving core is going to be better as a sum of all of its parts than any individual out there. I think you're going to see money come in on Miami, and ultimately this game closes a pick em. Maybe even the Dolphins is a short favorite. So if you like Miami, now might be the time to bet them. Jeez, we're just giving out winners left and right here, Todd. I mean, what a morning. All right, I'll get you out of here on this final question. Uh, when you look overall at the season, and again, I know the, the uh, season-long Super Bowl odds, they changed a lot from the draft. They changed in free agency. They changed this summer. Is there anything that's still on the board now that jumps out at you at value? I was in Vegas this week, and I kind of I kind of fired on the Falcons and Chargers. I know, laugh all you want. But uh, is there anyone else out there who kind of strikes you as, oh, that's interesting? Well, I can't endorse a Chargers play. <laughs> I say all the time that they check every box. They have the quarterback. They have the running back. They have the wide receiver. They have the stars on defense, the pass rush, everything you'd want. I'm still a little skeptical about what Anthony Lynn brings on the oh, sideline. Oh, he's the worst. But until they get over the hump, I'm not making a case for the Chargers uh, at 20-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, your Falcons bet, I am 100% on board with. I think they become the team forgotten in the NFC playoff picture uh, from last season. How quickly we forget they went on the road and used that talented defense 
defense to beat the Rams, and we're a play away from beating the Eagles, getting to the NFC Championship. I love the athletes and the speed they bring at every level on the defensive side. I think Matt Ryan plays with a chip on his shoulder to bounce back with another year working alongside Steve Sarkeesian. And from a weapon standpoint, they're as good as anybody in the entire NFC. So while the Rams... Eagles and Green Bay Packers, along with the Saints, are getting all the headlines and buzz. I think Atlanta is definitely the team to watch, and you could do a lot worse than backing them at 16-1 to to be the first team in NFL history to play a Super Bowl in their own building. Wow, love it, Todd. Good stuff. All right, Todd Furman, Bet the Board podcast. you got to check that out. Former odds maker at Caesars. Todd, I'll see you soon, man. Have a, good, have a good one. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jason. All right, great stuff from Todd Furman. It also feels good when I toss out games and he's like, yeah, that's not that bad. I got a couple others. I'll save them for later in the show. All right, coming up next year on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. So it's interesting. Last year, there were some bad, bad quarterback injuries that had an impact on their team. But what some people are forgetting when they look at this year is, oh, that team won nine games. Well, have you looked at the quarterbacks they beat last year? Because think about it. They weren't beating starters. They were beating backups. And I got two teams that are vastly overvalued this year because of who of the scrub quarterbacks they beat last year. That's next. All right, I got to be careful with this one, Sam, because uh, my first thought was, geez, that sounds like Michael Jackson. It's not. The week, oh, he's got a good voice, huh? That's the guy some, some clowns come after me. Oh, you look like The weekend. I was like, yeah, not The weekend. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Good stuff from Todd Furman. I'm glad that a guy who lives in Vegas kind of likes some of the teams that I'm on. Listen, I gave you guys hints. I've been known to move lines on this show. Do what you got to do. All right? Handle your business. Now, this next piece of information, this is great when it comes to even, like, there's a fantasy football angle here. And I, I know fantasy football is weird because peop, everybody plays. Everybody that I know plays. But for some reason, I don't know how it translates on a radio show. Like, I can't build a segment out of fantasy, I don't think. But I do know that people play and they need inside information and they need nuggets and they need stuff you're not going to get on the... Uh, the websites that the sheep go to. So I'm going to give you something right here that I think is pretty juicy. All right. So last year, so many quarterbacks went down, right? Carson Palmer got hurt. Before Jimmy G got to the 49ers, they were playing Blaine Gabbert. There was a lot of bad quarterbacking in the league last year. Deshaun Watson goes down. Who were the jokers that the Texans threw in there? Andrew Luck, of course, and Aaron Rodgers. So, those are five good quarterbacks that got injured. Well, guess what? Their backups were losing games hand over fist. Who was feasting on, on backup quarterbacks last year? Let me start with one. The Tennessee Titans. The Titans go 9-7 and seven last year, right? Here is a short list of some of the quarterbacks they beat. Tell me if any of these guys are starting this year. Jacoby Brissett. Cody Kessler. Jacoby Brissett, Tom Savage. That's four wins by the Titans against, I mean, guys that are not close to starting this year. So now do you look at their 9-7 and seven a little differently? Like, wow. All of a sudden this year, that Jacoby Brissett becomes Andrew Luck. Cody Kessler becomes 
Tyrod Taylor. Tom Savage becomes Deshaun Watson. I'm telling you guys, I don't know about the Titans getting back to the playoffs. That division last year had some bad quarterbacks due to injuries. Okay? So be careful with the Titans. Be very careful. The other quarterbacks they beat, they beat Blake Bortles twice. Now, I know that means they beat the Jacksonville defense twice, but this is just a word to the wise. Uh, Listen, I love Marcus Mariota. I like the Deion Lewis edition. I am concerned that the defense feasted on bad quarterbacks. By the way, the Titans, six of their nine wins were by six points or less. You know how that goes. There is some luck involved. You win a lot of close games one year. What happens the next year? You lose those close games. So cautious of the Titans. You ready for this next one? The Cincinnati Bengals. 7-9 and nine last year. Now, I, I thought the Bengals were way worse than that. They finished 7-9. and nine. You're like, well, huh. How the hell did that work out? And then you look at who they beat. It's not just the team because you might have forgot who started at quarterback due to all the injuries. The Bengals last year, they beat Deshaun Kaiser, Jacoby Brissett, Brock Osweiler, Deshaun Kaiser. Four of the Bengals' seven wins came against guys who were backups this year. And now, I'm not bullish on the Bengals. That ship has sailed. I don't know how Marvin Lewis saved his job. I mean, how does the front office not look at that and be like, whoa, what were we thinking? And listen, their last win was in the final week. On a fluke play, fourth and 12, Bengals stunned the Ravens, knocked the Ravens out of the playoffs. But I'm telling you, the Titans had four wins over really bad backup quarterbacks last year. The Bengals had four wins over bad backups. Who None of those guys are going to start this year. I'm just saying, when you look ahead to this season and you're thinking, oh, maybe Andy Dalton could be a serviceable uh, quarterback for me in fantasy. No. No. Be careful. Bengals and Titans, they stink. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But is he worth the hassle? I'm really going to dive deep into it because I got in an argument with a former teammate of of Odell Beckham's yesterday. I'll tell you all about it next. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host on this gorgeous Saturday morning. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. One hour in the books. Two to go. Got a fun guest coming up here in 28 minutes. One of the smarter football guys that's out there. I kind of we, we've had him on the show before, but I like to uh, I like to go off book sometimes. And bring in dudes that you're not going to hear on every other radio station. Because, you know, part of the job of being a radio host, and again, we wear a lot of hats around here. You know, you want to inform, you want to educate, you want to have fun. And at the same time, you kind of want to keep it loose. And this next topic that I want to bring bring up, uh, it got a little tense. I, I mean, I didn't view it as tense. But other guys who were there were like, ooh, that was good. That was good TV. That was tense. So uh, yesterday on FS1, I I co-hosted Undisputed. That's the normally the Skip Bayless 
Shannon Sharp vehicle on FS1 Morning Show that, listen, people love or hate Skip Bayless. That's great. In, in sports, you want polarizing. You want love or hate. You don't want like, oh, that guy's okay. He's not bad. Yeah, he's all right. Now, all right can be good for longevity, but I just don't know if if they're going to love you if they just are like, eh. You want polarizing, and, and Skip has really done a great job of that. And so yesterday on the show, we're filling in. It's me, Greg Jennings, and Rob Parker. One of the guests was a former New York Giants player, Rashad Jennings, super nice guy. You may know him. He won uh, Dancing with the Stars. And I was talking to him uh, off air. And I'm like, I bet that opened some doors for you. Dancing with the Stars. He's like, dude, totally new audience. All these new people. And now he's, I don't want to give away his stuff. But, you know, he he's going to have a chance. Let's just say this. He's going to have a chance in TV and movies. So I told him about my talks with Tony Gonzalez, who we've had on the show. The great legendary tight end who's also doing some of that TV work. And, and you know, Jennings is a super nice guy. But I will say this. Our discussion on Odell Beckham, who he counts as a friend, it did get a little, some people think heated. So, you know, we're talking about Odell Beckham's antics, but we're also talking about Odell Beckham's injury. And Odell Beckham is looking to get paid right now. Okay? Mike Evans, who was drafted in the same year as Odell Beckham, he got paid. Sammy Watkins, who has not put up anything near the numbers of Odell Beckham, he got paid. Okay? Receivers are getting their money. Brandon Cooks got overpaid. I mean, a lot of receivers are getting paid. Listen, it's a passing league now. Running backs aren't making the money that they used to be. So what's the holdup on Odell Beckham? And I propose, as I have on this show for six months, maybe a year. Actually, no, it's been longer than six months. A year, because last year at this time, Odell Beckham came into camp. Do you guys remember? Opening day of camp. I want to be the highest paid player in the NFL. People laughed at him like, dude, come on. Nobody pays receivers like that. So then eventually he downshifted. I want to be the highest paid receiver. He made it a point to come out and say that. This was a year ago, August. Odell Beckham is a new man all of a sudden. In camp this year, media keeps asking him, what about the contract? What's going on? It's going to work itself out. We're seeing a new Odell Beckham, aren't we? A little more mature, perhaps? Perhaps! Or is he putting on a front? Is he just faking the funk to convince the Giants to pay him, and then he'll go back to being the usual Odell Beckham. And what is the usual Odell Beckham? And this is where Rashad Jennings, former Giants running back, got upset with me. I said, well, I don't think anybody knows what Odell Beckham is. So at LSU, never made headlines. Good player, no doubt. High draft pick. Comes into the league as a rookie, was good. And then he makes the catch. The catch, you know, the one-handed falling backwards out of bounds on the corner. On Sunday Night Football, and overnight, he became a star. Like, this was on the Today Show. This was on CNN. Oh, This was everywhere. Instantly, boom, he's hanging out with Drake. Instantly, he's hanging out with the Kardashians. He's like, he made that leap from good football rookie to, holy cow, this guy has a chance to be a global star. And he's got the hair, and he's got the flair and everything. 
And that's why that's when I started questioning, well, who is the real Odell Beckham? Because once that happened, he started, oh, I've got to be somewhere. Yeah, I want to go to the Final Four, sit front row. Yeah, give me my money. Yeah, my celebration is going to be acting like a dog, lifting my leg, urinating on a fire hydrant. I'm going to propose to a kicking net. I'm going to cry on the sideline. I'm going to get in a fight with Josh Norman in the end zone. Like, the catch turned Odell Beckham into a massive star. And those antics, I didn't even mention the boat trip, guys. The boat trip was huge. I don't care. You can, you can deny it all you want. The boat trip that Odell Beckham took was massive. The Giants merely get to the playoffs and to celebrate, Odell Beckham's like, let's go on a boat and pose up like we're, like we're playboys in Miami. And then they got smoked in Green Bay, if you guys remember that game. Odell Beckham, I think, had two or three drops. It was not a good performance. And that's when I think Odell really started to turn because the media went after him for the boat trip. The New York media is merciless, right? And and since then, Odell Beckham has just been, like, he's just been a different dude. And I believe, you know, they fire their coach because, you know, he misplayed the locker room. He ruined the Eli Manning benching. It was just a total debacle. So the new regime comes in. They say, huh, we're not paying Odell Beckham. Remember the word right before the NFL draft from Adam Schefter, who doesn't just float stuff. He hears it directly from teams and, you know, processes the, puts it out there. Odell Beckham was going to be traded before draft night. That was Adam Schefter's report. I believe Odell Beckham will be traded before the draft. That was the Giants sending a message to Odell Beckham, clean it up, we're done with your nonsense. And I know there's Giants fans out there angry. No, no, that's not true. It's factual. Go look up the owner's take on Odell Beckham last year and Odell Beckham this year. We don't know. All of a sudden, it's like, we're not in the Odell Beckham business. We're not going to put up with that garbage. Remember there was the hotel room? Nick, was that in London? It was like a hotel room somewhere, Odell Beckham, a pizza box, and then if you look at the video, there were white lines in the pizza box. I, we're not making any uh, leaps here, but it was a questionable video. You don't want the guy who's the face of your franchise, and that's what he is. Sorry, it's not Eli Manning anymore. You just don't want him in those positions. So Odell's cleaned it up. And Rashad Jennings says, no, it's none of that stuff. He, the only reason he's getting he hasn't gotten his big contract is because his injury last year. And listen, I'm sure the injury was part of it. And again, I I don't think he's spoken to the Giants front office. I certainly haven't. But I think what it led to, and it was a good discussion. It was healthy. You know, some of the guys thought he went after me hard. I got a couple tweets about it. And it just, to me, feels like players love Odell Beckham. He's cool. You want to hang with him. You want to be in his orbit. And they are in the the defending Odell Beckham mode. Whereas the outsiders, I'm not in that locker room, but that gives me an easier outlook on things. When I'm not in the locker room, I don't see Odell Beckham. I don't see Eli Manning. It's actually better to get that perspective because it's not colored by friendships. I mean, hell, for all I know, Rashad Jennings was texting with Odell Beckham. No, I didn't ask him about that, but they do text. He did tell me that. He's friendly with Eli. So, like, it, it's weird when you get the player perspective versus the outsider. And I have painted myself as an outsider. I'm not a traditional media guy. There aren't a lot of me. Hell, there aren't any of me's out there. 
There's no web people who pivoted to radio and TV. There's mostly former athletes or former newspaper guys. I mean, I did work at a newspaper, but I just have a different outlook on things. And I know people think I don't like Odell Beckham. That's not true. He's talented. I don't like what I've seen from him. And I believe Antonio Brown makes $17 million a year. Mike Evans, 16.5. Brandon Cooks, 16. Okay? Sammy Watkins, 16 million. Odell's worth more than those. There's no doubt. But if you're the Giants, you run the risk of, man, we pay this guy a ton of money and he starts acting a fool and going off. We're stuck. Good luck trading a guy that makes that much money. Remember, Julio Jones, who signed his deal several years ago, just demanded more money and he got it. These receivers are important. And listen, Odell's got something in his corner. Hey, guys, two years ago, I was awesome when we went to the playoffs. Last year, I was hurt, and we won three games. So Odell Beckham has a decent argument. Now, what the game changer is, and this is why I don't think he's going to get paid, folks, let's see what Saquon Barkley does. Saquon Barkley can have a Todd Gurley-type impact on that team. He's a three-down back. He's going to block, he's going to carry, and he's going to catch passes. This dude is nice. So if all of a sudden, if you're the Giants and you say, you know what, I'd rather build an offensive line and I'd rather improve our defense. We've got Evan Ingram, a really promising tight end. We've got Saquon Barkley and a receiver in Sterling Shepard, who's awesome. I think we've got something. Now, I don't know, Nick, Ryan, I don't know where you guys stand here, but I'm telling you. If my choices give Odell Beckham $17 million a year over, I don't know, three or four years, or, or, or take that money, maybe flip him for draft picks, try to get a left tackle, I'm, I'm doing that trade every day of the week. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've been with you this whole time the last year. I'm not about pay receivers. They don't equate to Super Bowl wins or big playoff wins. They just don't. But, Jason, like I said after the draft, I don't, do you expect the Giants to do the right thing? They took I, I, they're, they're, Sam listen, Darnold. They're Ridiculous. sitting on it because I don't think they know. Now, what if this this was a strategy that I kind of heard from somebody? What if they said, you know what? We want to get away from Odell with a real choir boy who is Odell type, has an Odell type talent in Saquon Barkley. What if we get Saquon, showcase him, and then say, you know what? We don't need that Devo receiver. We've got our star. We've got our good tight end. We've got our young, good receiver. Let's bring in a left tackle. Let's get some quarterbacks. Let's get a pass rusher. I think that would be the move if I'm the Giants. Now, the problem becomes Odell Beckham is one of the most popular players in the league. His jersey sales, he might have been number one at one point two years ago. He is a massive superstar. I don't read too much into the social media stuff, but when you he's got like more social media clout than Tom Brady when you look at, like, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like, Odell Beckham is a big deal, and the Giants run the risk of losing a lot of fans. Again, these are tough decisions. If you guys remember the Dallas Cowboys, I'll I'll close on this one. Herschel Walker. Superstar. Everybody loved him. Now, he wasn't even a diva. He was just an awesome player. The haul they got. For Herschel Walker. 
basically built that Super Bowl dynasty, did it not? I don't think Odell Beckham will get a haul like that because receivers uh, aren't thought of now as running backs were then. But Odell Beckham is a game changer. You need a strong head coach. You need a strong quarterback. Odell Beckham's going to win you some games. That's how good he is. I just don't know if all the ancillary stuff, and again, maybe Rashad Jennings is right. Maybe Odell cleaned it all up. But I thought it was a healthy discussion. I enjoy kind of mixing it up and getting heated. Other people don't like that. I don't mind it. I think it's good. I think it's good television. And uh, shout to Rashad Jennings. Good dude. So coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, two good football teams in L.A. this year. Right, The Rams, who are coming off a playoff trip, and the Chargers, who nearly made the playoffs and have actually pretty good Super Bowl odds. Who's the better football team in Los Angeles this year? It's not easy. Rams or Chargers? We'll talk about that next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I, I know I left a little bit of a cliffhanger this summer here when I told you all I was coaching my son's summer league basketball team bunch of second graders going up against third graders we only had one game where we got mauled and it was a team that i guess it's like it was like six third graders and the difference between second and third grade is actually significant if you got kids out there and this team and i get been together for a couple years and they played summer league together dude they were they were nasty and we were missing a couple guys it was the last game of the season it was our only mauling other than that our kids fought like hell we just had some gamers. A lot of fun, man. Coaching is fun. Um, I made the mistake, I think mistake, of signing up to be an assistant coach for both my son and daughter's little kid soccer team. And I went to one of those like coaching meetings, and it's like a lot of work. And I'm like, jeez, can I be watching college football on my phone on the sidelines after the radio show while, while I'm coaching? Because I will be. That's a fact. I'm, done. I'm, not, mis- I'm not missing... You know, Michigan, Michigan State, because of a seven-year-old soccer game. There's going to be another soccer game. I don't know if there's. I don't know how much longer Jim Harbaugh is going to be in college. But no, I'm kidding. Um, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Two good football teams in LA this year. Really good. Rams and Chargers. This hasn't been said, what do you think, like 30 years, Nick? I know you're a big-time Chargers guy. He's got your Chargers hat on. But uh, there hasn't been two really, really good teams out here forever. I mean, I guess Clippers-Lakers with the NBA. You know, there was, I guess, a time when technically, if you want to go to the Bay Area, San Fran and Oakland. San Fran and the LA Raiders, sorry. when uh, Well, they were the LA Raiders before Oakland. It's been a while, bottom line. Listen, I'm not counting Jimmy G in the Niners right now or John Gruden in the Raiders. I think they're a little bit away. But the Rams and Chargers are ready. Both have good Super Bowl odds, top eight Super Bowl odds of anybody in the league. And I just wanted to pose the question to you. We have a large audience out here in L.A. Like, listen, who's got the better roster, Rams or Chargers? Now, the inclination would be Rams, right? They picked up all the big names, the splashy names and Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib. I mean, that's three stars. Those are good defensive players. Obviously, Sue is not the player he once was. But 
the Rams had a massive offseason. I mean, you toss in Brandon Cooks. Like, they got a major star in Todd Gurley. I would say of the two teams, Todd Gurley's probably the biggest football star in L.A., right? I mean, he's the best player, we'd all agree. He's better than Goff. I mean, there's a chance Jared Goff goes to your local grocery store and people aren't going to recognize him instantly. I mean, he's a tall white dude, but he, he's not on every billboard. He's not got a, He doesn't have a lot of commercials. He doesn't have the marketability of Russell Wilson. But when I look at the Rams, I think that's a really good team. And I look at the Chargers and I actually think they've, I think they got a better chance at going to the Super Bowl this year. And it has to do with something we talked about earlier. The AFC's a joke. It's literally Steelers, Patriots, and go look at the over-under totals. The Chargers are third at nine and a half. Go Chargers, go. And the Chargers killed me last year because they opened the season and Anthony Lynn was one of the most conservative coaches in the league. It was so galling. They were a bet-on team for me. And I think, Nick, I don't have it in front of me, but I think they lost three of their first four by like a field goal or something. Yeah. I mean, their kicking situation was atrocious. Uh, Rivers kind of wasn't amazing early, and then they got hot. They started to kill people. They started to murder teams. And all of a sudden, you know, their defense with two of the best defensive ends in the league, Bosa and Ingram, they started to just close in on quarterbacks. Now, the run defense up the middle was shaky, and that's why they couldn't beat the Chiefs. But, I mean, this is a stacked team. I know people think, oh, Chargers, yeah, I can't get behind it. I'm telling you, folks, don't sleep on the Chargers. I was in Vegas this week. On an off day for the TV show, I flew to Vegas early Wednesday morning, right to the casino, sign up for the gambling super contest. I've been in it four years. Uh, I finished over 500 three times, but not in the money. Sign up for the super contest, make some futures bets. I'm going to get it. I'm going to save it for the last segment, the teams that I bet on in college basketball, NBA, and NFL. And I don't mind telling you the two NFL. I put money on the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I really believe it can happen. I know they wow. lost their tight end for the season. I know they lost uh, quarterback Jason Verrett for the season. But it feels like, ugh, I know I've said that many times. I like this team. If Melvin Gordon's healthy, if Keenan Allen's healthy, I don't see why this team can't do some serious damage. Think about their division, Nick. Raiders' new coach, John Gruden. No Khalil Mack right now. We'll see. Kansas City Chiefs, new quarterback. They have a lot of weapons. I don't know if anybody watched Pat Mahomes last night. He was shaky as hell. Threw an interception in the end zone that was dropped. Then threw another pick. And then uncorked a 70-yard touchdown pass. Like 70 yards in the air. And I posted it on my social media. He threw it from his 25 in the air, hit his receiver in stride at the five-yard line. That's 70 yards in the air. As long as you can, you know, as long as you can get behind the defense, Pat Mahomes is going to find you. Now, it's the underneath stuff, the intermediary stuff that he struggles with. I don't know that he can read a defense. Bottom line, I think the Chiefs pull back a little. And then the other team's the Broncos, and we talked about them earlier. That team's getting old. They're close to a rebuild. I don't believe in Case Keenum. I like the Broncos early, but I, I'm not going to be betting them long-term. I think the Chargers win that division. And then you look at the Rams, and you're like, oh, my gosh, the NFC's stacked. And now they're going to be the hunted. They don't really have a, a home field advantage here, nor do the Chargers.
And, you know, listen, they're going to be playing a first-place schedule. After the first two games, Oakland, Arizona, they should be 2-0, and then the showdown with the Chargers. I actually have tickets to that game uh, with a buddy, season tickets. So I should be going to that, although I, some other stuff I can't talk about that I may not be able to make the game. Minnesota. They got back-to-back Denver-San Fran, back-to-back Detroit-Chicago. I mean, this is schedule is unforgiving. They got to play Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees in consecutive weeks. The L.A. Rams, I know they're hot. They have one, two, three, four primetime games. That's a big spotlight for Jared Goff. Bottom line, I'm taking the Chargers over the Rams. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I got a guest who's been breaking down so much preseason football. He does an amazing job in the offseason. Warren Sharp, Sharp Football. You want to get smarter? Listen to the next segment. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, the Buffalo News reports that Bills quarterback A.J. McCarron suffered a hairline fracture to his right collarbone in Friday's preseason game against Cleveland. First-round pick Josh Allen came in and replaced McCarron and completed 9 of 13 for 60 yards with a touchdown on three series. Sam Bradford, 6 for 6 for 61 yards. Josh Rosen, 10 of 16 for 107 with a touchdown. And the Cardinals win over the Saints. College football, LSU junior receiver Drake Davis was arrested Friday on second-degree battery charges. He's accused of multiple instances of violence against his former girlfriend. Davis has been suspended indefinitely by the team. He appeared in all 13 games last season for LSU with two touchdown receptions. Baseball Friday night, the A's and Astros were tied at three when Oakland's Matt Olson led off the bottom of the 10th inning on KGMZ. Here's a 3-2, swung on, fly ball to right. He did it. Back is Reddick. He's at the wall. Out it goes for Matt Olson. He walks off the Astros, and the A's are one game back in the American League West. Manny Machado hit two of the Dodgers' five home runs in an 11-1 win at Seattle. Jason, all yours. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest. Man, I love this dude. He knows football through and through. Well, you know, as, as a as a guy who came up as a blogger, and that's me, uh, I, I've tried to make a habit of finding people that the mainstream isn't enamored with. You know, um, I, I'm not going to get all my guests from the major networks. That's what the that's what the jabronis do on social media. Oh, I got to go get all the guests from from ESPN and FS1 because they're on TV and people will listen to my podcast. No, no, no. I've never been a believer in that. We like to find dudes kind of off the beaten path who I know are grinding and rising. And this next guest, Warren Sharp, his uh, Twitter handle is Sharp Football. He knows his stuff. I've been following him for a couple years. He's been on the show before. Warren, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time. Now listen, Warren Sharp does just this incredible sharp football analysis that you need to download. It's incredible. It's in-depth. And and Warren, there's so many ways I could go here to start, but I want to begin with this. So the two teams that went to the Super Bowl last year, Eagles, they got one of the best rosters in the league. Patriots, they got Belichick and Brady. I opened the show talking about 
I think that the Eagles have a much tougher road back to the Super Bowl, mostly because they're in the NFC. Would you agree with that sentiment and your kind of thoughts on the Patriots and their chances to get to another Super Bowl? with that sentiment and you're exactly right the same reason that you cited is the reason that i have and that's the difficulty in the nfc if you look at the strength of schedule overall in terms of the teams that have the most difficult versus the most easy schedules i look at las vegas win totals i started doing this several years ago was one of the pioneers of doing strength of schedule based on projected win totals of this season not looking at prior year win loss record and if you look at it from that perspective of the top eight teams in the league Seven of them are in the NFC in terms wow. of the most difficult schedules. So it's just very, it's a very difficult road. Unfortunately for the Eagles, they do have to play all these good teams that we're talking about, like that are going to be potential uh, uh, contenders in the NFC to get to the championship game. Those are on the Eagles' schedule, and it's always difficult to repeat. Um, it's always difficult because other teams are gunning for you, and more importantly, other teams are studying what you did last year to have all that success. So it's not just, hey, we're gunning for the guys the Super Bowl champions. They're studying what did these guys do differently that we didn't do. And so they're trying to figure that out, incorporate some of that themselves, and then they're also studying them so much that they're helping out their defense, trying to figure out how to prepare for them. So there's a lot of disadvantages with being that Super Bowl uh, contending team. If you talk about the Patriots, they have such an easy road because of their strength of schedule and what we're dealing with in the AFC. I mean, they have, by my uh, schedule analytics, which I did, which I took another uh, swipe at right before the start of training camp, looked at the current odds, and then ran another calculation through the model. They have the number one easiest schedule in the entire NFL. Oh, part no. of that has to do. Part of that has to do with the fact that they play in the AFC East, and I just don't know when that division is going to get back on track. Hopefully, Darnold and the Jets are going to be the right direction, and maybe uh, Allen and the Bills are going to be the right direction. But this team for so long has been in this de facto we get a playoff spot because we're going to win the AFC East because there's nobody else really who is a contender in that division. And so that just gives them a big edge when they already know that they're basically headed through that uh, AFC East champion seed to the postseason but if you look around the AFC there's some teams you know there's some teams but they always seem to have the Steelers number the Chargers I don't know if their coaching is intelligent enough Uh, so there's always seems to be edges for the Patriots and their defense is a lot better this this offseason and they still have the guys that they'll take to get there so I kind of think that they'll have the easiest schedule oh talking with Warren Sharp sharpfootballanalysis.com. So, Warren, uh, let me go back to the Eagles. So, remember how bad Nick Foles looked at the end of the regular season? I think it was against the Raiders, maybe Sunday Night Football. It was like, oh, he's atrocious. Wentz is done. The Eagles are done. I mean, everybody said that. It was obvious. And then he worked his magic, uh, Doug Peterson, with Foles, and, and, and he really changed the game plan against the Vikings and even against Bill Belichick. For Nick Foles to shred Mike Zimmer and Bill Belichick defenses, that to me was pretty impressive. I want to know, do you think we'll see a lot more of that kind of up-tempo spread RPO offense around the league given the run Nick Foles had? I do. I think it's a very intelligent style to play, and I don't think it has – it's not the quirky um, offense that you – 
you know, you would take uh, some of the other teams that have done in the past, like the Wildcat or the read option where the quarterback's actually running with the football to put himself in jeopardy. This is an NFL that is a passing-based league. Passing is four times more correlated to winning games than is running the football. So you do not want to take your quarterback off the field to run the Wildcat, and you do not want to sacrifice your quarterback in the read option to have him actually running frequently with the football. So for those reasons, I think those things died off. But the read, the, the RPOs, those are things that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your users know because you probably educated them, but those are situations where the quarterback is still on the field, he's still taking the snap, and he's just deciding by based on a key from one particular defensive player or what the line is shifting towards, whether he's going to stick the ball in the belly and let go and have the running back carry it, or he's going to pull it back out and throw a pass. Mm-hmm. And the benefit of the RPO is you can always make the defense wrong. You're always reading in on that key, and you have time after the snap. That's one of the things that I like to talk about a lot with edges in football and taking advantage of situations. You always need to be figuring out every single edge that you can gain on a per-play basis. One of the biggest edges that you can do as an offense is not even huddle, get to the line of scrimmage quickly. I don't mean snap the ball quickly, but keep that defensive personnel out on the field, then decide what you want to do. That's a big edge. Number two, you can decide to use pre-snap motion, where you're moving guys around. You can get a key on what the defense is going to try to do. Number three, you can use play action, which is essentially what an RPO sort of is, and you can lure the linebackers up a little bit or put them in bad situations. All three of those things that I just mentioned, number one, every team can do it. It's very easy to do. And number two, it gives you added edges after the snap occurs so that you have it, your offense has edges over that defense and not enough teams utilize them. And I think that they need to more. We see you don't have to have a good running game to make play action work because play action works just by the defense, their tendencies to key in on that handoff and they're going to respect it, even if you don't have a very good run game. So the RPO is going to work whether you got a good run game or not, and there's just so many good edges there. Now, that's a, you made a great point in there, Warren. I, I believe you said passing is four times as important to winning a football game as running. Did I get that correct? Absolutely, that's okay. correct. So now, now this leads me to the Dallas Cowboys, who I actually sneakily like this year, but they've got all these new receivers. They've got Ezekiel Elliott back with no suspension cloud hovering. I believe with two years ago, they were so good, 13-3, and three, because Zeke was able to run and keep that defense, which is shaky, off the field. And, of course, Dak was making those throws, you know, second, third level throws, not deep down the field. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? No Witten, no Dez. Those are their two leading target guys. They're gone. Can they win running the football when you say passing is four times as important to winning as running? In, yeah, in, in, in the 2018 season, with the way that the NFC is stacked with all these great quarterbacks and overall rosters, I think it's going to be difficult for them to, they don't have the formula right now, in my opinion, to go to the postseason and win mm. in the playoffs with this roster. The reason why I say that is, you take a guy like Witten, this was a guy who was 59% successful on his targets. No other receiver in Dallas was more successful than 53%. His completion rate was at 72%. Just such a reliable player. The addition is the position on the field that a quarterback can target that has the most efficiency and upside. The highest success rate is when you target your tight end. It's, that's why they call some of these guys the reliable target, the fallback target, whatever it is. That's the most reliable. And right now they have a backup tight end in there who's now their starting tight end in Swain, who does not have the experience, does not have the rapport, not even close to the caliber of Jason Witten. So I think that's definitely going to hurt them. And then you ask, well, what do they have elsewhere? What, are they, what type of edges do they have from the other receiving positions? And it's really slim. I mean, the, the quality and caliber of those players 
is not nearly as good as a lot of these other teams in the NFC. So what they need to do, in my opinion, is throw a lot more passes to Ezekiel Elliott. Last year, they targeted Ezekiel Elliott and early down back, uh, they targeted Elliott on only 15% of passes on the early downs, first and second down. That is a big edge to target running backs often on those passes, but they were the third least likely to target a running back in those situations. Most of the really good teams, you see like the Saints and the Patriots, they're throwing a lot of passes to the running backs. Why? Because it's a massive edge in efficiency because you get the matchup of that running back on a linebacker as opposed to handing him the ball and asking him to find a hole through a big offensive line, get through to the second level of, of the defensive line and then the linebackers. It's very difficult. There's also a higher likelihood of getting injured when you're running through all those big bodies who could fall on your lower extremities. Getting the ball to these backs out in space is a big edge, especially when you do that on early downs. Don't do it on third down. That's the least efficient time to target a running back. If you want to convert a first down, you need to throw to a tight end or a wide receiver on third down. Warren, but on is, early downs... Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Hold on. You just said something, and I just jotted down the team. So throwing passes to the running back is valuable because you get a matchup advantage. So I quickly... Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt. I just jotted down a couple teams, Warren. The Rams throw to Gurley. How'd they do last year? Playoffs. Saints throw to Kamara. Playoffs. Falcons, Tevin Coleman, playoffs. Patriots, James White, everybody. Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. So, okay, so we got those, Warren. Give me a couple teams who are going to start, you believe, throwing to the running back more this year that maybe could be the next Rams team on the come up. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a very difficult question. I could tell you, you know, there are teams that easily could make efficiency improvements by starting to do that. The Dal- Dallas is one of them. The Green Bay Packers are another major team. They hardly throw to their running backs at all, especially on early downs. I'm totally shocked. I wrote about it in the book about how they could easily improve their efficiency if they started to do that. The Seahawks are another team. They are the worst in the NFL at targeting their running backs on early downs. And they're very, and they could have a lot more success if they started to do that. But the team that I'll give you that uh, of all the teams that could start doing it more often that would really give a boost to their offense are the Tennessee Titans. Oh. Last season, Tennessee targeted their running backs on only 13% of early down passes. That was second worst in the NFL. Now they got a brand new offensive scheme. They added Deion Lewis. So I think that's the answer to your oh, question geez. in terms of a team that probably will jump up this year if they start doing that more that's often. Good. Amazing. Can I can I toss Saquon Barkley and the Giants in there too? <laughs> you you uh, definitely can. I mean, it makes now sense. the Giants were actually somewhat high in targeting him, uh, targeting running backs on early downs in the past, but the efficiency edge that they'll get this year because of what Barkley can do in space, absolutely you oh, can toss wow. him in there. See, listen, guys, I told you you're going to get smarter. Warren Sharp. Go to his website, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Download it. I'm telling you, if you want to win fantasy, okay, if you want to be a gambler, if you want to just know more about football, get his stuff. Thank you very much, Warren Sharp. Thanks for having me, Jason. Great stuff. Listen, that throwing to the running backs early in the draw. That see, that's not stuff you're going to get everywhere. That's, you're going to get cookie cutter stuff everywhere. That's why you keep coming to this show. Coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. So the, we're going to talk a little bit about a team that suffered a quarterback injury last night, and what's going to happen with another one of their stars who had a major off season off the field incident. We'll talk about them next. Back here on the Big Lead. Fox Sports Radio, heavy NFL show. We do have one NBA topic coming up next hour. I know, you know, being out here in L.A., we're we're on in Los Angeles. A lot of people love their LeBron, their Lakers. Yay. I'm telling you, just a quick tease, okay? 
I was hanging out with my buddy who has season tickets to the Lakers. He tells me he can't go opening night, of course. My eyes are like, oh, my God. <laughs> Do you want to give me your tickets? And he's like, you know, and I'm not going to be that friend who's lobbying for Laker tickets all the time. I'm like, hey, when you get an invite, you, you know, I'm always here. You, any night of the week, I'm free. And he tells me opening night tickets in his section. Now, he's got not right behind the basket, but they're pretty low level. Going for $800. The value on his tickets is, are like, I, I believe like 125 And he says, you know, last year, you could, you could, he could sell them for a little bit and make some money. They're going for like five, six, seven times. Regular season games what they're normally going for. So when you hear people say, oh, I don't I don't really care about LeBron coming. They're the morons. They're the dopes who are in the minority. I'm telling you guys, LA is geeked for LeBron James. He could sell his opening night tickets, my buddy, for $800 a pop. He's got four, actually, and he has a fifth ticket a couple seats down. He's trying to work with the people, not that you care, to get a fifth. He He's going to be able to sell Lakers-Kings tickets and make like, you know, three, four hundred dollars any night he wants. Now, when LeBron gets him to the playoffs, this is the this is the awesome thing. When LeBron gets him to the playoffs, the Lakers, that is, season ticket holders can sell some playoff tickets, right? And pay for next season's tickets. That's the excitement that Lakers fans have about LeBron. I don't want to hear this Kobe Bryant nonsense. All right, I gotta save the LeBron for I'm going off the reservation. Kobe! Great news, there's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I know a lot of you start to have fantasy football drafts, start to pay closer attention to the NFL as we're, what, three weeks away? There's, I guess, two weeks left in the regular season. Uh, I'm sorry, in the preseason, before the regular season begins. And A.J. McCarron of the Bills went down last night. Shoulder injury. Miles Garrett jacked him up. Miles Garrett's looking scary. I mean, Miles Garrett is a beast. I, I, you know, I don't want to get too excited about a preseason for Miles Garrett, but Jadavian Clowney of the Texans. I don't want to call him a disappointment, but he hasn't lived up to number one hype so far in his career. He's been good. Miles Garrett wrecked McCarron last night. Miles Garrett looks nasty. So McCarron's now going to be out four to six weeks. So he'll probably be back, I don't know, week five, something around there. Who do you start if you're Buffalo? Nathan Peterman? Not to be confused with Jay Peterman of Seinfeld fame. Nathan Peterman, Mr. Five Picks Against the Chargers, or Josh Allen, the rookie from Wyoming. And LaShawn McCoy got in offseason trouble. We don't know if a suspension is coming for him or not. I, I mean, there may be nothing. But it's unsolved what happened with LaShawn McCoy's ex-girlfriend. Uh, we don't know if LaShawn's involved. I'm telling you guys, the Buffalo Bills are awful. Probably the worst team in the NFL. I have major concerns about them, but that's music to the Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins years. Coming up next year on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, I'm going through week one of the NFL, five winners, week one. High noon on the East Coast, ladies and gentlemen. 9 a.m. out here on the West Coast. It is a, uh, I was going to say sunny, but all of a sudden the clouds have kicked up. Darn it. May not be able to hit the beach today. Welcome. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, uh, where should I start this final hour? A lot of places to go. I was just talking with the guy who hosts the next show, Steve Hartman, and I guess he was listening to my Chargers, Chargers, Chargers positivity, and gosh, he just tore the Chargers apart in like three minutes. Now, Steve is a negative guy, but he had a lot of interesting ammunition. I, I keep banking on that Chargers division is a joke, but you know I like them. I got the Super Bowl futures ticket on the Chargers. Uh, I'm sure I'll be tearing it up by midseason because their coach is a joke. Um, let me quickly, quickly talk about, <laughs> and I didn't run this by the producer, Ryan Dennis, who's filling in, uh, this week for Rob. So I had probably one of my most high level pickup basketball games, half court that I've ever been in in my life this week. So, you know, I, I, I play full court, but also half court four on four and I'm playing at my gym and there were three guys who played division one on the court who were over 6'5". One of them uh, played at Winthrop, and they played Duke in the NCAA tournament way back. Not way back. These guys are like early 30s, I guess. Another guy started at Oregon, uh, and another guy played at Cal State Northridge. And the only reason I'm telling this story, only reason, is because I had one of my best games ever. Like, uh, it, it was just, I, I, I was so thrilled and geeked, and I, I feel such a loser telling this story, but... So, you know, I, I was on a team with the guy who played at Winthrop, and his his job right now, he was on a Nickelodeon TV show. He's LeBron's body double in Sprite commercials. So you've probably seen him. He's a big guy. Nice dude. And we had another guy on our team who played high school basketball around here. Could have played, like, maybe, maybe low D1 or D2, but he went to USC. And this dude, they were calling him James Harden because his handle's so nasty. And obviously the defense would... My guy would leave me to double one of those guys. And your boy hit four of five jumpers. Four of six. And I made this crafty layup over a guy. It was awesome. And, and you know, I mean, this sounds so losery to talk about pickup basketball. But, and I don't mind. I keep it real with you guys all the time. People who listen to the podcast kind of respect that. I was, I'm a better athlete now by far than I was in high school. I was a good youth athlete. And then I didn't get much bigger, and everybody else got bigger. I couldn't make the freshman basketball team. I got cut. I was devastated. This isn't some Michael Jordan story where I come back and make the team the next year. No. I just, like, threw in the towel. I was devastated, crestfallen. And so I, you know, I, I, made, I tried out for the golf team later. I almost made the tennis team. I like to think of myself as a natural athlete. I'll play anything, bowling, whatever. But I couldn't make any any of the sports in high school. We went to a big group four school, like Hubert Davis went to my school, uh, NBA player. And and it's like, it, it stunk for me, so I pivoted to sports. I was like, all right, I can't play sports, but I love them. I'll write about them. So I just devoured sports. And then I started playing intramurals in college, and I started to lift and get bigger. And I'm I'm better at almost everything now than I was in high school. And so for me, the glories of a, of a tiny pickup basketball victory are like awesome. And they, they, they just carry me. Now, I don't know. Are you guys, I know you coach your kids out there, the listeners, but are you actually playing sports? And that's why when I go out on TV with FS1, and I'm not going to lie to you, I keep it real. There's guys there, former athletes, who come in and they look at me and they're like, who's this guy? You didn't play. 
They don't say it, but you can see the look in their eye. You didn't play. You didn't Never coach. Who are you? What do you know more than I do? And that's where my background and playing currently and de- developing relationships with athletes and then you talk and you know your stuff and they start to respect you. And I've become friends with a lot of these former athletes who initially I think were just skeptical of this brown dude who didn't play. And then you win them over by actually knowing your stuff. And I mentioned earlier I had got into it with Rashad Jennings, a former Giants running back, about Odell Beckham. And it was like a good conversation. And he hit me with some stuff and I hit him with some stuff. And it was like, that was pretty good TV. And, and I just totally relish the fact that I'm able to now rap with these athletes and talk with them and then come to you guys and bring you stories like this. And I'm going to continue to do that for as long as I can. I really am enjoying this. And now we're getting into football season. And listen, football is probably the sport I pay closest attention to. I know I talk NBA on the show a lot, but football by far is the sport I watch. Like every single Sunday during the football season, I'm watching all the games. My wife knows it. She understands it. She calls herself a football widow because every Sunday, I kind of need the kids out of the house. I'm watching two TVs. I got the fantasy going. I got the gambling. I don't have time for these kid meltdowns. Dad, can I can I play a game on your phone? No, you can't have my phone. I'm watching the Jets game. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work. Football's what I devour most, and that's why I'm coming to you right now with week one NFL lines that I like. And I know you're thinking, Jason, are you crazy? Are you losing your mind? Folks, get out a pen, get out the notes section in your phone, and I'm going to go over some week one picks with you because the lines are out, and you want to jump on these if you can early. Now, we talked about a couple of them with Todd Furman in the first hour. If you missed them, you can go on the podcast. But I gave Furman, and he agreed with me, the Denver Broncos... Two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, it's funny because Steve Hartman, as I mentioned, he hosts the show after this. He just came in here. He said the Broncos are one of the worst teams in the league. They are going to be bad. They lost one of their best cornerbacks, Aqib Tlaib. We don't know what that offense is going to be like with Case Keenum. Todd Furman came on the show. We were talking about the Broncos. He said a guy named Cortland Sutton is developing a relationship with Keenum, and it's working in practice. Cortland Sutton's a rookie. What about the rest of the guys? Like, if a rookie's impressive, I don't know, man. But I'm telling you, keep an eye. Denver Broncos favored by two and a half at home against Seattle. I mean, here's the tip, Nick. Listen closely. Go look at Denver in September at home the last few years. They beat people because you come into the altitude. Remember, a lot of these guys don't play full preseason games. They'll play a quarter, maybe a half. And then all of a sudden you jump into the altitude Listen, Dallas got mauled there last year. Absolutely destroyed and embarrassed. Denver, look at them at home against Seattle. Seattle's just not what it was. You lose Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas is holding out. Are they stopping anybody? I I don't know what to make. Michael Bennett's gone. I don't know what to make of the Seattle defense. I'm telling you, I'm giving out Denver in week one. Right now it's two and a half. It's probably going to get to three. Next pick. This is risky. My New York Jets with Sam Darnold at the helm, six and a half, maybe seven point dogs in Denver. It'll be Monday night football. I'm telling you, Detroit Lions, I'm down on them. I'm just not feeling them whatsoever. The Jets defense is going to sneaky be sneakily be good. That secondary, they added Jermaine Johnson. 
Mo Claiborne's pretty good, and they've got two good young safeties. We don't. We talked with Warren Sharp last hour. Pass. It's a passing league now. The Detroit Lions have a good passing offense. I like the Jets secondary. I like the Jets. Six and a half point dogs in Detroit in week one. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I had this circled before the injury last night to McCarron because the Buffalo Bills are going to Baltimore in week one, and holy hell, that could be a massacre. Furman gave out the Baltimore Ravens as a Vegas darling earlier in the show. The, the Sharps in Vegas like Baltimore. Flacco looks good. I know that's that sounds laughable. Um, he's got some weapons. Defensively, they were good last year. This is a team that missed the playoffs on the on the last like fourth quarter, one of the final plays against the Bengals. I like, I know it's a big favorite, but give me the Ravens at home. So it's Jets, Broncos, Ravens. Three more quick ones. I don't want your head to explode. But the Pittsburgh Steelers go into Cleveland in week one. The line opened at seven. It's down to five. I think there's value in the Cleveland Browns. Now, let me let me just tell you, Cleveland at home, I'm not saying they're beating Pittsburgh. The offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns is a man by the name of Todd Haley, who was just unceremoniously dispatched by the Steelers. You don't think he wants to stick it to his old team? You're telling me Todd Haley and Tyrod Taylor at home can't keep Cleveland in it and maybe lose by a field goal? I'm always skeptical of Pittsburgh early. You know why? Le'Veon Bell's spending more time in the strip club than he is on the practice field. Now, he's talented enough to just go in and tear it up. But you don't play at all in the preseason and you're just going to show up and, what, put a buck 25 on the field? No. This Cleveland defense is not really a joke. They've got some playmakers. Juice Landry. I hope Gordon plays. I like what I've seen from Carlos Hyde. I'm not going to gas up the Browns too much, but I like them in week one as a home dog against Pittsburgh. Two more quick ones. Miami Dolphins. I I don't know what to make of the Dolphins, but I like them at home getting two points against what I believe to be an overrated Tennessee Titans team. Tennessee's defense, I I, I don't buy it. I, I They never came up big last year. They had the number of Blake Bortles. They beat him twice. But Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins, just keep an eye on them. I do believe they'll probably be the second-best team in the AFC East. Remember, Adam Gaze had these guys in the playoffs two years ago. Then they lose Tannehill last year. They replace him with Jake Cutler. You know, Jake Cutler basically pulled off his couch, the whatever reality show he's on. And Jake Cutler was like, okay, but they lost a bunch of games early. They finished strong. They put Kenyon Drake in at running back. They got Jay Ajay out of there. Kenyon Drake's pretty darn good, man. He's an explosive running back. Adam Gaze knows offense. I'm not a Tannehill believer, but I like the Dolphins at home getting points. And finally, in week one, and this is the one that I probably like least along with the Jets, the New York Giants, three, three and a half point dogs at home in week one against Jacksonville. Now, we were early on Jacksonville last year. We talked them up a ton, and they delivered. I just wonder if... The Jags are going to handle being the, oh, these guys run their mouths. We're going to put it to them. You know, I just am curious about that. And and I think maybe Saquon, Odell, Shepard, Ingram, that offense keeps the Giants in it. I don't know if they'll beat Jacksonville, but if you're going to give me three and a half home dog with the better offensive players, I think it could be, it could be a game. Maybe Jacksonville wins, but I think the Giants can cover. So there they are. Browns, Dolphins, Giants. Ravens, Broncos, Jets, six to chew on 
in week one. A lot of home dogs, one quasi-big favorite. But listen, folks, uh, NFL's here, and I'm I'm just so geeked. I'm just, every day, I'm just devouring stuff. I got my, my first fantasy football auction coming up after this show. I've never done, a, like, a real money auction league. So if you got any uh, tips, by, please hit me on in the Instagram DM and uh, tweet at me. Auction fantasy tips. I could use them. Coming up next here. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I told you we had a LeBron segment. I told you there was one coming. It's next. It has to do with super teams. And this this dude just keeps complaining about super teams. I'm going to tell him to put a cork in it because LeBron is getting a super team in L.A. That's next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know, I hope people aren't going to get angry. Should we push the LeBron talk to the next segment and just do this breaking NFL news? Yeah, I think we're going to have to push LeBron to about 10 minutes. Lakers fans, just please hold out. Trust me. It's a defense of LeBron. Don't worry. I'm going after someone else. I don't know if this show is on in his area, but I'm going to tell a guy to just stop. Stop whining. It's unbecoming of you. But first, let's go to some breaking uh, NFL news. I'm sure you guys have seen it if you're online. But it, Josh Gordon, the... Can I say much maligned Cleveland Browns wide receiver? What do we want to say? I mean, he's had some massive issues off the field, right? I I mean, substance abuse. Josh Gordon's been a mess most of his career. But he's insanely talented. And it's like, he when he's healthy, he could be one of the best receivers in the league. And he's only 27. This is a guy who led the NFL, I believe, in receiving yards in 2013. But it's funny, you look at Josh Gordon's kind of stats. 2012, good season. 2013, great season. 2014, oh, he only played five games. Then he didn't play in 2015 or 2016. And then last year he came and played five games. And, you know, he only scored one touchdown in technically the last three seasons. No, I'm sorry, four seasons. I mean, he just keeps getting expelled. Josh Gordon, the news right now is that he's officially back reinstated to the Cleveland Browns. I My guess is he wanted no part of the first couple weeks of hard knocks. And now that he's back, you, we won't have to be on camera too much. Right? How many? I haven't seen an episode of hard knocks. I haven't saved on DVR, but I guess they've had two episodes. And I guess he'll come in for the third one. So maybe, you know, and this is going to sound bad, but it's it kind of feels like the Cleveland Browns are hamming it up for TV. Does it not? Cleveland! I mean, when I look at this Des Bryant nonsense, this was all a smoke show for TV. That's what that was, Nick. They don't want Des Bryant. Des Bryant was just in town. They talked to him. He leaves. No contract. Two days later, here comes Josh Gordon. It was a jo- it was a, it was a joke. It was just for TV people. They got Josh Gordon, Juice Landry, who they spent a ton of money on. And they got their young kid, Callaway. They traded away Coleman, which also, you know, um, was good for the show. Hard knocks. And and, and the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, how, they're kind of in good shape at receiver. I don't, now maybe if something happens to Gordon, maybe. But they also picked up a guy I like, Jeff Janis. Green Bay Packers, just a, it's a solid receiver. Not a superstar. So you, you got four deep. 
You're good at tight end with Njoku. You're good at running back Nick Chubb. You see him last night? He looked good. Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson. This is an offense that's going to do some damage. I know that sounds crazy, but the the reason for all this is their, their quarterback. Tyrod Taylor. He does not make mistakes. That's the only reason Buffalo made the playoffs last year. Because Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the football over. Last year, the Browns were 28th in the NFL in turnovers. 28th. You're not going to win games when you're coughing it up. Now, you're starting Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser and guys who are going to be career backups. That's going to happen. Tyrod Taylor's a pro. Now, you toss in 28 in turnovers for the Browns. Six of their losses were by seven points or less. Nick, are you seeing what I'm doing here? I mean, I'm trying, trying to build up what you're going to. Are you saying the Browns are going to be a, maybe a really viable team this year? I think 500 is within play. Oh, wow. All right. It's not crazy. Listen, 28th in turnovers, you get a quarterback who doesn't turn it over. Six of the losses were by seven or less. Four were decided by a field goal. You got Todd Haley, an offensive coordinator. Todd Haley, I know he didn't end well because he had friction with Big Ben. But Todd Haley is a good offensive coordinator. He's got weapons. I'm telling you, man. Listen, I'm not saying the Browns are a playoff team. I don't see why 500 can't be in play. Let's say they steal week one from the Steelers. I mean, it probably won't happen, but I think they could cover. I think you could take one from Baltimore. And I think you could take one and maybe two from Cincy. If you could get three wins in the division, is that crazy? So we say two. We'll dial it back to two. We'll say the Browns win two in the division. Now the schedule, listen, man. They open with Pittsburgh and then go to New Orleans. They're not beating the Saints. They get the Jets, winnable. Raiders, winnable. I don't think... Well, Baltimore's at home, so they could win that. Chargers, I like the Chargers. Tampa, that'll be Tampa with Jameis back, so definitely not a lock. Although Jameis, like, what's the line on that game? Tampa's going to be favored over Cleveland by, what, three? Tampa's not that good of a team. They're probably the worst team in their division. I don't see why they can't get six wins. Now, it's crazy because the New England Patriots... I think Warren Sharp earlier said they have the easiest schedule in the league. I mean, the Browns, who were 0-16, right? 0-16. And here, they got to open with two playoff teams in Steelers and Saints. They also have to play, well, the Steelers again, but Kansas City, Atlanta, Carolina, six playoff teams? That's not That's not kind to the Cleveland Browns. They're getting no love at all. So the big news, Josh Gordon returns. I think the Browns are just going to be like more interesting than they have been. Now the question becomes, well, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? And it's entirely possible that the Browns get beat by Pittsburgh and the Saints to open the season. And Hugh Jackson, if they're getting blown out, Hugh Jackson, bro, uh, <laughs> you're not going to be long for this league as a head coach if you if you guys are not competitive. You're fired. I personally don't think we're going to see a lot of Baker Mayfield. That's just my opinion. I've discussed this at length. Big 12 quarterbacks play arena league defenses. The learning curve is steep. Okay? 
with the exception of RG3's rookie year, go find me a Big 12 quarterback that has had any impact on the NFL. They just can't read defenses. They're all out of shotgun all the time. Oklahoma, their offense was a juggernaut. And I'll say this. I know the big pushback. Well, Jason, they beat Ohio State. We discussed this, guys. That Ohio State team lost three members of their secondary to the NFL draft. It was week two. They were working in a bunch of new guys. Their offense, it, it just, it, they, I mean, they, they weren't ready. Not in week two. And Baker stomped him. Yeah, that was a good win. Then, Jason, what about what Baker did to Georgia in the playoff? You get a month to prepare for somebody, you better show up and crush him. And Baker's too good to after a month to do nothing. He's a good player, really good college quarterback. But I just, I'm skeptical of the NFL. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a superstar. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. LeBron, Lakers, super team. I'm going to tell a guard, a 20-point scorer, why he needs to shut the hell up. That's next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, Josh Gordon has just returned to the Cleveland Browns. Gordon tweeted a short time ago, quote, Thank you for your love, support, and patience as I took the time needed to ensure my overall mental and physical health in order for me to reach my full potential. My primary focus remains on my sobriety and mental well-being, unquote. Browns GM John Dorsey said in a statement, quote, Josh will initially participate in meetings and conditioning and will gradually resume all football activities as deemed appropriate, unquote. In college football, LSU junior receiver Drake Davis was arrested Friday on second-degree battery charges. He's accused of multiple instances of violence against his former girlfriend. Davis has been suspended indefinitely by the team. In Major League Baseball Friday night, the A's and Astros were tied at three when Oakland's Matt Olson led off the bottom of the 10th inning on KGMZ. Here's a 3-2. Swung on. Fly ball to right. Did it. Back is Reddick. He's at the wall. Out it goes for Matt Olson. He walks off the Astros, and the A's are one game back in the American League West. Manny Machado hit two of the Dodgers' five home runs in their 11-1 victory at Seattle. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. A buddy just texted me, Jason, where are the college football previews I don't what do you guys think I mean I I was thinking of holding off on college football until the week it starts and just hit it that hard that Saturday morning I don't know that there's that much interest in college football previews um the Urban Meyer situation's not sorted out we're waiting for Nick Saban to pick a starting quarterback I think it's gonna probably be Tua um I was talking with Bruce Feldman this week a buddy of mine he's over at FS1 he said to keep an eye on Washington in the Pac-12. So I was like, all right. I mean, Pac-12 is going to be weird this year. Chip Kelly in, Sam Darnold out at USC, JT Daniels supposedly in, although he's getting pushed recently. I can't believe I'm monitoring USC quarterback situations. I guess that's an L.A. thing. Um, and I guess 
Khalil Tate at Arizona, but it, again, it's the Pac-12. They've had they've been unlucky the last couple of years getting into the playoff, and uh, you know we'll we'll get to we'll get to college football in a couple of weeks. But right now, I need to talk about the NBA because of something that went down this week, and you know, um, the NBA kind of takes August off. You got the good pickup games, which I'm sure you're following on Instagram. Here's a fun one for you. So I see a guy by the name of Rico Hines, former college basketball player is hosting games at UCLA. And guess who I see is there? My man, Kevin Durant. Devin Booker. Nick, did you see these highlights or no? No, I did not. Oh, my. What are you doing, Nick? Spending too much time on Tinder? You got to <laughs> no, be on, not, not on recently, IG. But, uh, yeah. Instagram, there's all these basketball videos where the pros are playing pickup. And Kevin, Dur- I'm like, Kevin Durant's at UCLA. So I send my guy Durant. You know, we kind of are friendly now on Instagram. I sent him a message. I'm like, dude, you you see, I'm coming. I got to come over there tomorrow. He's like, yeah, ask the guy Rico who runs it. So I ask him, I'm like, hey, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. Here's who I am. Can, can I can I come by? He's like, sure. But Nick, the problem was I had to go to Vegas the next day. So I couldn't Vegas! see Durant versus Booker. Oh, I, w- I was actually kind of kind of upset about that because I need to talk to... Kevin Durant, I need to talk to LeBron about the super team stuff. I know LeBron don't do interviews. He's impossible to get to. But Nick, I'm a super team guy. You like super teams. To an extent, yeah. What do you you mean to an extent? Well, you know I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Durant's move. Okay, fair enough. But super teams in general. Yes. They're good for the league. I think they are. TV viewers think they are. It makes the NBA like a year-round discussion. Oh, who's going to move next summer? Like, who who's going to join forces? Like, that's interesting. And you got this guy, C.J. McCollum. Portland guard. Average 20 a game last three years, 40% three-point shooter. Good player. Hey, C.J. McCollum's never been an all-star. Did you know that? He's never been an all-star. And he's going on TV shows complaining Super teams are disgusting. Now, I was a fan of C.J. McCollum at Lehigh. Yes, Lehigh. You know I watch college basketball. And McCollum beat Duke very famously in the NCAA tournament. Awesome win. Kind of rose his profile. He's had a good career. But he's way off base here. He's What he is is a 26-year-old idealist. Oh, Players should take pride and stay with who drafted them and not be on super teams. It's disgusting. I mean, has C.J. McCollum done any NBA history? Like, any at all? The Lakers were a super team in the 80s. Magic, Jabbar, worthy. Now, some of it was luck. They lucked into the number one pick after Jabbar demanded a trade to the Lakers. The 80s Celtics were a super team. I mean, Hall of Famers on that Larry Bird squad. The 90s Bulls. Remember, like the 96 Bulls. 96, 97, 98, Nick. The Bulls. How did they get Dennis Rodman? Would that, did that not make them a super team? Yeah. No, I, I get Rodman. Kuko. Pippen. George, that's a super team. The Lakers. Kobe and Shaq added. Mailman. Gary Payton. Horace Grant. I don't know if Horace Grant qualifies. Whatever. Super team. I don't understand this this hatred towards super teams. They're good for the league, people. 
I mean, C.J. McCollum, are you not aware that Charles Barkley was desperate to win a ring at the end of his career? He joined forces on the Suns and then the Rockets. Dude, stop complaining about super teams. C.J. McCollum's just upset that nobody's asking him to be on their team. Well, dude, maybe it's because you're only a guy who shoots and scores and doesn't play great defense and... That's not usually part of the DNA of a super team. Be a super team guy. You got to you gotta be an elite superstar. CJ McCollum, be an all-star, then talks back. See, super teams are great for the league. Right now, Nick, and you know this, all the discussion about next season. Well, shucks. Uh, is Kyrie going to stay in Boston or going to join forces with Jimmy Butler somewhere? Kawhi Leonard, you going to be on a super team? Is Clay Thompson going to leave the Warriors and go to a super team on the Lakers? Super teams are good. I just, I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand it. I don't understand how better is worse because super teams are better. Jason, can I just add something yes, really quick? For fire. The, for the media and everyone watching, sure. But I think what... What his point is, is that he kind of knows being in Portland, he has no chance to win. Oh, I think, wait, 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 I time out. This is a guy who, after DeMarcus Cousins said, I'm going to go to the Warriors, said, dude, why didn't you call me? You could have come to Portland. No, I get you. I just think I think what he what, what his feeling is, is that there's only two teams that can pretty much win in the league, and he thinks it's unfair. And a lot of people wait, wait, think wait, that, time too. Wait, 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 time out, time out. Who, who are the two teams that can win? Well, I mean, the Warriors, and then add another team there. I don't know, maybe Boston. Okay, so it would be weak if uh, Philly, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, went out and tried to recruit somebody. No, I'm not saying about the recruiting aspect. I just think, what, I'm just trying to say what C.J. McConnell's mindset is on how there's only a couple, you know, it's pretty much just the Warriors and everyone else, let's be real. And you just think, I could just see his point to where he feels it's unfair to the rest of the league when, you know, there's pretty much 28 other teams who have no chance. Okay, so it's, uh, so how do the super teams get formed? I think by the ineptitude of front offices. Okay, LeBron left Cleveland to form a super team because he was sick of the GM getting him no superstar help, right? He got his own superstar help. I think on some level, and Durant has not said this to me, Kevin Durant was so pissed off that his front office traded James Harden right after they went to the finals, and then they never got back to the finals. So if C.J. McCollum wants to sit around and let the front office dictate his future because who they can or can't get, and they're given... Big ass money to Myers Leonard. Like, what are you doing? Did they not overpay Evan Turner? So, CJ McCollum, you come complain all you want, but you're letting your front office dictate your future. And that's not right. I don't think it is. Even in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers is so hamstrung by that front office and what they've done and what they're doing. Relax. I'm telling we're at the stage where the athletes need to dictate their own future. That's what you have to do. If CJ McCollum wants to sit around and watch as Portland gives these really terrible contracts out, hey man, do your thing, CJ. Do your do you do you? I mean, you think Jimmy Butler wants to sit in Minnesota and 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 watch him give Andrew Wiggins all this money and Wiggins is like, oh, jeez. I, I like Wiggins. I know he doesn't have a lot of fans in the media and the analytics crowd. I I, I don't know. I it, I just don't think it's fair 
to set yourself in a position where you're not in control. Take control of your own life. If you're unhappy, hey, Damian Lillard went to the owner last season. I don't know that he's thrilled. Oh, he'll be gone soon. When does he demand a trade? Jimmy Butler, he's going to be gone from Minnesota. That's He's done. Have you been following some of this? We don't want to go too deep into Jimmy Butler, Minnesota. But LeBron is sitting out here in L.A. waiting in the wings. Guys, we've got cap room. We've got trade assets. The Lakers are sitting pretty, Nick. They are. Oh, when Kawhi's here next year, I'm... It's when Kawhi is here next year. Who, who was it? Uh, I don't know if I... Should I reveal this? Yeah, why not? Yes. Somebody told me... And we'll go to break here in a second. Somebody told me that Toronto is confident that Drake can work his magic to keep Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I found it kind of comical, but the guy said it in a convincing way. That Drake who's tight with a lot of players. Drake is like, you know, basically an NBA groupie. And, and he's in with a lot of players. And listen, Drake is cool. He's going to show Kawhi Leonard a good time in Toronto. I'm tell- Listen, Kawhi Leonard's single, right? No kids. Drake is going to be like, yo, come meet me at the spot. I'll get you tickets to my concert. And, and Kawhi Leonard could fall in love with Toronto. Listen, I talked to some of these guys at um, who are in the big three who've come on FS1. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to Toronto. I was like, oh, geez. He's like, whoa, what do you mean? Oh, geez. Toronto is like a South Beach for uh, basketball games. It is an awesome, very cosmopolitan city, attractive women, like good nightlife. Toronto's cool. And I know it's cold, but keep an eye on Drake's relationship with... It's early, Nick. There's a lot of game left to be played. Jason, they're going to get smoked by Philly or Boston in the playoffs. Do you think he's going to want to stay there? I don't think he's like a nightlife guy. I don't think he's a big social guy. He might not be, but I I don't know if we know him. Drake can't even convince himself on what teams to choose. I don't know how he's doing somebody else. (laughs) Well played, Ryan. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio... Uh, a certain guy in the NFL pulled an NBA moment this week. He called out everybody. And I'm going to go down the list and tell you why he's mostly right. That's next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Fun show. I didn't mean to just hammer C.J. McCollum, but it had to be done. I mean, I just, I, I can't deal with stupidity. And like, that's base, that was just basic stuff. Come on, C.J., step it up. Step it up. All right, I you know, I really kind of want to finish with Jalen Ramsey running his mouth, going after basically every quarterback in the league. Now, what's interesting is I don't think he mentioned your guy Phil Rivers, Nick, did he? I don't think he talked about Phillip no, Rivers. I'm pretty sure he said he's, he's, he's good, but his team stinks. Oh, he did say he that. Said. Yeah, let me look it up real quick. Okay. Um... Ryan, I was surprised what he said about your guy, Carson Wentz. Oh, I wasn't surprised. Not at all, huh? Well, someone tried to make this racial to me and said, if you look at it, he pumped up all the black quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Tyrod Taylor. But what he I mean, he said Dak. He, didn't, he said Dak was okay. He wasn't all excited about Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, he said Wentz is going to be an MVP. 
He did? Yeah, he. Uh, there's a couple guys. He said, you know, Watson, MVP, Wentz, MVP. Who would you disagree with what he said most? Because I, I, I'll say my two. I'll let you go first, Ryan. Who were your two biggest disagreements? Oh, geez. I, I'd say, I mean, it, the jury's still out, but maybe Mariota, just a good game manager. Marcus Mariota. I, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. I don't think he's good. That's what Jalen Ramsey said about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was yeah. a number one pick. Took the Colts to the playoffs his first three years in the league. Took him to an AFC title game with an awful offensive line, terrible supporting cast. I think Jalen Ramsey's way, way off about Andrew Luck. What about Eli? He says he, he isn't any good, and he has two Super Bowl MVPs you and know, two Eli rings. You know, Eli is weird, Nick. And I, he has I, a weird career, yeah. Super weird. He's led the league in three interceptions three times. Eli Manning has never been an MVP in the league. But he's got two Super Bowl MVPs, and he beat well, Belichick and Brady. And what would you rather have, an, a regular season MVP or two Super Very Bowl rings? Very true. Very true. And and let's be honest here. He beat Belichick and Brady in the fourth quarter with key drives. Like, that doesn't happen in the Super Bowl. Like, that's pretty impressive from Eli Manning. But then in the regular season, career completion percentage under 60. I... It, None of his stats jump out at you, but we will agree, though. Eli Manning, for all his warts, is a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. You can't win two Super Bowls and win two Super Bowl MVP awards and not get in the Hall of Fame. One interesting thing on Eli, he went after him, and the Jags open against the Giants. Week one, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye go straight up head-to-head Against Mr. Odell Beckham. I I think that'll be interesting. Um, I also disagree with his characterization of Baker Mayfield, but you know I'm already like kind of embedded. I don't think it's a hill I'm ready to die on, but I'm certainly all in on no. I don't believe in Baker Mayfield yet. I just don't. Um, so, yeah, but I want to say this about Jalen Ramsey. I totally applaud what he said because nobody in the NFL really does that, you know? The NFL does the players don't talk that much trash. This is like an NBA story. You know, it, it dominated social media. It was fun. It was light. NFL needs more of that. They try to stamp it out because it's for, for whatever reason, the NBA like totally relishes this off the off the court nonsense that fans eat up and people think is fun and it's you know, it's easily digestible. NFL does not have a lot of these. NFL has weighty, unfortunately, non-fun stories like anthem protests. Like massive injuries all the time. NFL needs fun stuff. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, we had a good show. A lot of fun. Podcast will be up in an hour. I will be in my war room for uh, my first fantasy football auction. I haven't gone on social media to see if you guys have sent me any tips, but I did have uh, the producer here print out three awesome fantasy football prep sheets. Again, I don't go to the, the ones that the sheep go to. I go off book. Okay? That's my move. Um, 
All right. It was a lot of fun. We will be back next week. I know I was out in Mexico last week, so I was gone. But I will be back here for the foreseeable future as long as I'll have me. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you, Iowa Sam. Steve Hartman's up next. Have a great weekend, everybody. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.